This is the Better Reading Podcast platform with stories behind the story, Jane's Be Better Podcast, my book chat with Caroline Overington and more. Looking for a particular podcast? Remember, you can always skip to it. Welcome to the Better Reading Podcast, stories behind the story, brought to you by Belinda Audio. Listen to Belinda Audiobooks, anywhere, everywhere. Hi, this is Cheryl Arkell for the Better Reading Podcast, stories behind the story. We talk to authors about how they came to tell us their story. Hello, Janet. Good morning. Uh, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank well, you for inviting so me. Excited to have you. This is a very, very interesting topic. Now, let me introduce you. It's Janet Fife Yeomans. Did I pronounce that correctly? That's correct. Janet wrote the book My Mother, a Serial Killer, with ha- Hazel Barron, who was nine when she first suspected her mother was a murderer. Wow. Her mother, Dulcie, was your classic serial killer, unassuming even loved by all. No one knew she had killed three men. Now, Janet, who we're talking with today, is an award-winning journalist and is currently the chief reporter with the Daily Telegraph. Uh, She, Janet, got to know Hazel while writing the story for the newspaper in 2016. The more they spoke, the more Janet realised that the story was worthy of a book. Janet has written true crime books before, uh, The Coroner, Investigating Sudden sudden Death and Killing Jodie. Now, how interesting is this? So why were you writing an article on a murder that happened back then in 2016? Well, you know, as a journalist, your ideas come from all over the place, like any writer. And how I got onto this was... One, the consumer affairs reporter for the Daily Telegraph, John Rolfe, his mother was a nurse with Hazel Barron. And Hazel had been wanting to tell her story. And someone, had, they, the only person they knew who was a journalist was Rolfie. Yeah. So they mentioned it to Rolfie, and he thought it was just too close to home for him because he knew the story. But he knew serial killers were right up my street. So he mentioned it to me at work. I rang Hazel. At first I thought, this can't be true. This didn't happen. So tell, tell me the characters. So Dulcie's the mother, the du- murderer. Yeah, Dul- Dulcie, Dulcie Bodsworth is probably one of the most evil women in Australian history. I mean, she was wow. ruthless. She was the mother. She and had Hazel four- Barron is the daughter. Hazel's her oldest daughter. Who's still alive. She's Yeah, but she's very ill at the minute. Oh, okay. I did actually ask her what I could tell people, yeah. and um, she's dying. Oh. She's got a brain tumour. Oh, that's very sad. And it's a slow-growing one, and it goes from a head like an octopus down into into her body. Oh, so she I'm can't, very sorry to she, hear that. Yeah, she's, um, she's quite matter-of-fact about it because she was a nurse, and she's also seen a lot of death at the hands of her mother. Do you know, it's extraordinary. Anyway, I mean, there's so much to talk about here, mm. um, but to have lived with that, to have lived with the fact that your mother was a murderer. Anyway, let's get started. So you, you wrote a story on her. Yes, well, yeah. I, got, I got on a plane to... She lives near Parks, so I got on a plane to Parks. I have to tell you this story. Yeah. Got off, the, got off the plane, having done my research on her in the office to make sure, yes, this is who Dulcie was. Picked up the hire car at Parks Airport and I suddenly thought, what if Hazel's like her mother? Yeah, Nobody yeah. at work actually knows 
the address that I'm going to. So I rang up work and said, look, this is where I'm going. If you don't hear, if you call me in and I don't answer in two hours, come and get me. And when I got there, Hazel put out morning tea. She baked cakes because she's a beautiful cook like her mum was. And she offered me a cake and I'm thinking, oh my God, perhaps she poisoned it like her mum did. And Hazel said to me, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh my God, perhaps she poisoned the cake like her mother did. And I'm going, oh, of course not. No, no, no. And a bit later on, I told her that that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah it wasn't yeah. poisoned. I'm still here. Yeah, you are. And you've, you've got a, a nice friendship with her. So tell me about Dulcie. So we go back to when? Oh, well, um, in 1950 when Hazel was nine and her father, Ted Barron, uh, was really, he had arthritis. He was a big, strong man. He had crippling arthritis. And he was a handsome man. He was a very handsome man. Yeah. If you look at the wedding photograph of yeah. him and Dulcie, he's actually smiling, but she's not. It's on the cover of the book. If you have a look, she's not smiling, but he, he seems to be really happy. Um, and I think he adored her. All of, all of her men just adored her. She was just charming and, and so womanly. And um, so... Going back to 1950, by then, Dulcie had decided she wanted to get rid of Ted. She always had a plan B. Ted was a cripple, you know, he wasn't making money, and she'd met young Harry, who was 19 years her junior, which is pretty racy even now, never mind then, really scandalous. So they decided to get rid of Ted. So they were... Who's they? So she colluded her with and Harry. Harry. So that was her first murder. Yeah, when they were living, her and her kids and Harry were living in a tent, can you believe, on the banks of the Murray River, south so of Mildura. Poverty, like abject poverty. They had nothing. And Ted came home from hospital one afternoon. Um, he just thought Harry was helping with the kids, but I think he knew that there was something going on. Um, he had a sleeping tablet to sleep, and when Hazel woke up the next morning, her dad was gone, and the mother was shaking her awake and saying, Hazel, 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 your, your father's gone missing. I think he's drowned. And of course, Harry had drowned him in the river, but no so one they, suspected anything. So the, the sleeping tablet was... He always took sleeping tablets to sleep. So how did he die? Harry lifted him out of the cot, carried him down to the river, put him in the river, which was pretty high and fast-flowing at that time of the year. There'd been some severe flooding, and pushed him down into the water and drowned him. The autopsy showed that he had water in his lungs, so he was still alive when he was pushed under the water. But nobody suspected anything. They had no reason to suspect he was killed. do you think Dulcie... Because, you know, women, it's unusual for women to be serial murderers, isn't it? Do we have stats around that? Well, most serial killers are men because they kill for um, sex and power. Women serial killers don't. They seem to kill for a reason, for a purpose. For passion. Yeah, like not not necessarily for passion, um, for convenience. Like they had, she had a she had a reason. For convenience. She had a reason to kill each of the men that she killed because she wanted something, and they were standing in the way. There are very few female serial killers in the world, and very few in Australia. You would know Catherine Burney in Western yeah. Australia, who, with her husband, killed yeah. a number of women. That was just awful. Um, Kathleen Forbig, who killed yeah. a lot of her babies. Yes. Um, Helen Moore, the babysitter killer, who killed three kids she was babysitting for. Those are about the only ones I could come up with in, in recent times. Yeah. So Harry was, and then, you know, he was part of it. He was a murderer too. And so what happens there? Hazel, how does she accept her father's death? Well, she knew there was something suspicious going on. Just, even at nine years even old? Even at nine years old, yeah. And then... 
unbelievably. Why did she suspect something? She heard she heard um, her mother and Harry just discussing. She knew that her mother and Harry were having sex because to cover it up, they would use Hazel um, as a patsy. They'd take her for a she. The mother would take Hazel for a drive at night in the big black. Nash car that they had. She'd go around the corner, pick up Harry, and they'd go and park in a field. And poor little Hazel would be lying in the front seat on a pillow with a blanket over her. And I think we wrote in the book that the rocking of the car sent her to sleep. Oh. So she knew that, that she oh, knew she dear. was a keeper of her mother's secrets. She had all these secrets that she knew what was going on. Um, and that she overheard her mother and Harry talking about things. And I mean, at nine, she knew something was wrong, but not yeah. necessarily quite what it was. And then not long after all of this happened, the family, um, they buried poor old Ted Barron and um, they moved around Victoria and South Australia. And Dulcie was always worried that Ted's family was going to come and look for them. And at one stage, she actually put her own death notice in the paper so they would think that she was dead as well. Oh, wow. Unbelievable. Okay. And so then she got tired of her next... No, what happened next was she, um, they moved, they were travelling around, Harry, they lived out of the car. They, the four kids slept in the back seat. Yeah. And Hazel, um, Dulcie and Harry, who by then had a baby, they were sleeping in the front seat. They literally lived in their car. Unless it was, it was warm at night, they'd put the mattresses outside. And had outside. anyone suspected at this stage that she, no? No, not at no. all. No, so they had no reason to suspect anything. Right. So they're travelling around and they moved, they ended up in Wilcannia. Um, and they worked on a property in Wilcannia called um, uh, Natali Station, which is quite famous in itself. And the farm manager was Sam Overton. So Dulcie decided that really Harry would do a better job than Sam and why should they be living out in the cottage when they could be living in a big house? So she, she was very manipulating. She always manipulated things to get herself into the right position. So she got rid of the cook so she could cook herself and... Um, Poor old Sam. What got do up. you mean she got rid of the cook? Oh, she told she. Um, well, she told him he'd been sacked. Whether he had been sacked or not, we don't know. But he right. thought he'd been sacked, and they had a big row. And he he was a um, he was a pom, so he could cook, you know, sensible three, yeah. you know, meat and three veg. And she ended up throwing a um, saucepan of scalding water at him just to make sure he left. Dear. And she shouted after him, um, you know, don't don't do wrong by me. You don't know what happens to people who do wrong by me. Yeah. So she manoeuvred herself into the situation where she was the only one living in the house looking after the farm manager, Sam, who was a very well-to-do man from Adelaide, had the most beautiful clothes which she thought Harry would look really nice in. She actually measured the boots up to make sure that Harry would actually, that the boots would fit Harry. So she put arsenic on his lamb chops one morning for breakfast. He had lamb chops, eggs and gravy for breakfast so that covered up the bitter taste of the arsenic. And he just, he was so sick. And he ended up going to hospital at Wilcannia where Hazel was by then nursing. So Hazel was there when Sam was brought in. And they thought he died from gastroenteritis. So there was a long time between when she killed her first About five years. Yeah. Because she put Hazel's age up a couple of years so that Hazel could go and get work from about the age of, you know, 13. Right. So she could go go and get work. Yeah, um, wow. as a cleaner and so Hazel got herself a job as a nurse at Wilcannia, nurse's aide. So she was on duty when Sam was brought in. So Sam died. Wow. Still nobody really suspected Dulcie of doing this. 
And um, of course, in in those. And was Harry involved in the second no, one as well? Harry wasn't involved in the second one. I don't, Harry suspected Dulcie, but he didn't know. Yeah. He didn't know. He just suspected her. So. Sam's in those days they had no refrigeration, so Sam's body was put in a um, lead line, a zinc coffin lined with lead, to put on the train from Broken Hill to go back down to Adelaide. Luckily for the police, because years later, when they exhumed the body, when they were investigating, when Hazel dobbed her mother in, um, when they exhumed the body, the body was perfectly preserved, and they actually found enough arsenic in there to kill a family. Oh my God. So um, after that, of course, the family kicked. His, Sam Overton's family had a bit of suspicion that Dulcie might have done something, but they didn't really know that she poisoned them. Anyway, they kicked them off the station, so they moved into the town of Wilcania. Well, I just thought um, it was um, very ambitious of her to think that she could take over, you know, I mean, it, that Harry could take over Sam's role. Oh, she had amazing confidence in herself. Yeah, Didn't she, she really. And by, by the time the family got to the house, they discovered that some of Sam's clothes had already gone. Some of his sports jackets that men wore then, and you know, a couple of his. I pairs mean, to of think boots. that you could kill somebody and then take over their life without people noticing is, um, I mean, you know, I guess she's a psychopath. Oh, total psychopath, no yeah. remorse and no. total confidence and, and charm, you see. She thought she could charm everyone. She could charm men, but the women always saw through her. Yeah. That was the thing. That's always... often the case with psychopaths, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So she moved into town, into Wilcania, and um, basically got, got a job in, you know, cooking because she was a great cook, could cook wonderful pies and um, meat pies and apple pie. Her apple pies were famous. She cooked for weddings and all sorts of functions. So she took over one of the hotel dining rooms in Mulcania where one of the regulars was a guy called Tommy Traganza. He was like the Tom drunk, the, the town drunk. He was a shearer. He was a jockey, you know, this wiry little guy and no family to speak of. And when she discovered that he had, I think it was £2,000 in the bank, she thought, oh, I could be his friend. He mm. doesn't have any family. And he loved pea soup. So she got a recipe for pea soup. And every time he was in town, he'd come into town just basically to get drunk for five or six weeks. She would make sure that he always had pea soup there. And he left her 600 pounds in his will. And when she found that out, <gasps> she set his bed on fire one night, put methylated spirits on it, and was burned alive. And again, he was taken into the... Again, it's um, it's the way... Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
way she has approached her serial killing, I mean, usually they have, you know, they're creatures of habit. They have, they tend to do the same thing. But no, she was quite um, adventurous. But she also set them up well. Like before Sam <laughs> she died, she'd tell people that he hadn't been very well. He'd been drinking a lot. I'm a bit worried about yes. him. Before Tommy Truganza was burnt, she'd talk about how he would go, he would go to bed and he was drunk and he would smoke in smoke, bed and she yeah. was worried that he'd set himself on fire. Yeah, so yeah. poor Tommy get is carried into Wilcannia Hospital when Hazel is on duty again. Again. And she then just, and, and they all loved her mother. Tommy's lying there dying and he's saying to Hazel, oh, your mother's so beautiful, you are so lucky to have her. Wow. None of them realised. And it was then that Hazel just started to think this, this. Something's going on. Yeah, here. I'm sure my mother's behind all of this. And then what? Well, meanwhile, she she met Bill. Bill was just he's just beautiful. This lovely country man. She married Bill the day after her sixteenth birthday. Basically, to Hazel get, did. Hazel did basically to get away from her mother because she said she wasn't actually in love. So she was working in the hospital and she wasn't even sixteen yet. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Because she put her way. Not no one asked about Age, birth certificates yeah, or things yeah, in that time. Yeah. Um, so she married Bill the day after her sixteenth birthday. Her mother wouldn't come to the wedding. Um, because she didn't like Bill. She decided she didn't like Bill's family. They were quite well off. So she just assumed they were snobs, even though she'd never met them. So like there an were other snobbery. siblings here too. Yeah, she had, um, Hazel had a um, brother, Alan. So she then, was the oldest. Yes, and then twins, Margaret and Jim. Yeah. Um, so, oh, and also, Dulcie had a secret family. Wow. She had this family that she never told anyone about other than Hazel. She told Hazel about it one day because she felt like she Hazel thinks her mother just had to unburden herself. No one knew about this. Her husband, Ted, didn't know about it. Harry, the second husband, at, didn't know. At what point did the second family happen before she... Before she met Ted. Wow. She had married another man called Ted and they had four children. And she decided that she wanted to leave the first Ted because Edward Kavanagh, because... You know, she was just a bit bored of him. So she'd, by that time, met Ted Barron, the second husband. So she didn't tell Ted Barron about the first family, but she gave one of the daughters, the youngest daughter, who was also called Hazel, she gave her away um, to the couple who ran the corner shop who never had any children. She told them she was going into hospital for surgery and would they look after this little girl who grew up not knowing that this couple weren't her real parents. She put the other little girl, Ruby, into an orphanage and she put the two boys, um, uh, Billy and Edward, into another orphanage and just left them. That was it. They never um, saw her again. She, she didn't kill the first husband, though? No. 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 He, he ended up lucky. marrying a 16-year-old girl called Greta and having about 13 children. Right. But then she would have birthed, what, nine in the end? Well, actually, 13 because she had, quad, she had quadruplets. Oh, right. And she miscarried them all and they, they buried them like little skinned rabbits, as Hazel described it, under the clothesline of one property where they were living. Oh, my God. Wow. And she was fertile. She was very fertile. <laughs> the whole family's fertile. One of them rang, one of Hazel and Harry's son, who we don't name in the book, who I'd never spoken to, he rang me up out of the blue last night for a talk because he bought the book. So last night? Yeah, and I, 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 he was talking about how many children he had. And I said, Bill, if everybody in Dulcie's family bought a copy of the book, we'd have a bestseller. <laughs> okay, I want to get on to the present children. But so he was the last 
So who was the last man she killed? She killed three. Or the, the last man was Tommy. Tommy yeah. Draganzo, the town drunk. So she who killed was three. To death. Yeah. And so then, how did she get caught? And how many years did it take for someone to cotton on? Well, that was about 1959, 1960. And Hazel just didn't know, she didn't know what to do. She had to do something to stop her mother. She knew that. And also, when she married Bill, Bill went to work at the local aerodrome at Wilcania. And Harry was working there as well. And um, Harry wasn't wasn't the innocent, I think, that a lot of people think he was. Anyway, well, he, he did murder the first He one, did. And so he, also, he, tried to, he tried to kill Bill. He tried oh, to right. kill Hazel's husband. Yeah. I don't think that um, Dulcie would have done anything physically against Hazel, her daughter, but she just wanted to manipulate her and she wanted to, you know, make sure she was under her control. So poor old Bill came home after a couple of really bad accidents at the aerodrome, one of them with a broken leg. And then um, Hazel basically had a breakdown. She yeah, just, she knew. She just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. And she ended up in hospital in a private room and she was beside herself. And um, she'd never taken anything other than an, an aspirin before. Um, but she was very friendly with the matron, Connie, Connie Patterson. And Connie just sat down and Hazel just blurted everything out to her the first time she told anyone. Um, and Connie persuaded her to go to the police. But they couldn't call the local police in Wilcania because um, Dulcie used to bake them cakes and scones every morning and take them over to the police station and have a chat to them. So they were terrified that they might tell Dulcie what had happened. So they called the detectives in Broken Hill and the detectives from Broken Hill came over, spoke to Hazelden Hospital, basically put her in the back of the police car, took her to Broken Hill and put her on the first flight to Sydney and she went into witness protection. And that was about 1960. And that's when the police investigation started. And where was Bill? Well, Bill was back in Wilcania and he, he had to tell Dulcie. The only thing they told Dulcie was that Hazel had had a breakdown and she had to move away. No one knew where she was. She didn't even write to Bill because she was terrified that the letters with the Sydney postal stamp on would go through the local post office. And somebody would, and somebody tell, would, would tell, Dulcie. tell Dulcie. Yeah. And she couldn't ring Bill because in those days they didn't have phones. Yeah. She had a phone where she was living in Sydney with this um, very... Um, um, religious couple you know who lived in a dark house and turned lights off all the time and you know but they were very kind to take her in obviously paid by the police they'd done it before so hazel she's still what 20 not 20 and she's um in sydney all by herself i wonder why didn't they take bill into witness protection he did eventually oh he did, he did. I, I think at the time they just wanted to get her out of there quickly yeah, yeah he, he did he eventually moved he eventually moved, um, moved down to Sydney a few months after um, and they lived together in this house and he got a job and they built their lives here and she trained to be a nurse. She actually got a job at a hospital and trained to be a nurse. Um, and eventually, by this time, Dulcie and Harry had moved out of Wilcania. She'd, um, she had debts and she hadn't paid off her debt, so they did a midnight flit from the town. They moved out of Wilcania, so the police allowed Dulcie and Bill to move back there where she ran um, a cafe. Right. And at what point did she get arrested? Well, it took about four years for the police investigation, mm -hmm. and um, they actually put out almost a nationwide alert for this, this woman um, with her husband and the kids and a dog. They had a dog then as well, and she was um, arrested... 1964 in December um, in the Victorian town. Was Harry to Sydney. Harry was arrested as well. Yeah, wow. And did she serve the rest of her time in jail? 
Well, um, they were convicted of Ted Barron's murder and then they won an appeal. You know, judges, you know, misdirect mm. the jury when the jury wouldn't have noticed they'd been misdirected. Um, but then they pleaded guilty to manslaughter and then she was convicted of killing um, Tommy Traganza and that was overturned on appeal and they didn't go ahead with that one again. She was convicted of killing Sam Overton and she spent about 14 years in jail and became one of the characters that, um, you know, the Prisoner TV series, She one of the characters and that was based on her. Because she was top dog. Yeah, she was top dog. Yeah, wow. What a remarkable person. So Hazel had to go to court six times to give evidence against her mother. Well, so what about the siblings? Why were they in all of this? Well, um, Alan gave evidence against his mother as well. So he suspected? He suspected and he also saw something at the the station. He saw at Natalie Station, he saw his mother opening capsules, vitamin capsules, and putting white powder in them. Right. Which could have been the arsenic. So he gave evidence about that. And the son, Jim, one of the twins, he gave evidence as well about what he knew, sort of peripheral material. So they all suspected that their mother was a serial killer? No, Alan did, but the other two didn't. Jim never never thought yeah. that uh, he wasn't. Margaret, the other daughter, is now dead and Alan's now dead, but Jim's still alive. Right. So Jim and Hazel are still alive. Yeah, and also... When you think about the terrible upbringing that Hazel had and about how brave she was to do what she did, she could have gone either way. You know, people blame their upbringings for all sorts of behaviour, criminal behaviour. Or yeah. She had the worst upbringing. You know, she turned it into something amazing. She, they fostered 101 children, her and Bill. Oh, wow. They what looked after 101 story. children because she and knew Hazel's how awful not it was. well, but how's Bill? He's... Oh, Bill's, Bill's a lovely country man, you know, stoic. You know, it just goes on looking after Hazel. They're just lovely. They've got a lovely house and it's so warm and welcoming, you know, with photographs of their kids and their grandkids all over the walls and, you know, that they've, got a, they've got a good life. It, it must be a very difficult life. Like she had a hard life indeed, but also the complexity of having a murderer as a parent. She still gets – she still – I was up there a couple of days ago and – she does get chucked up sometimes when you yeah. don't think when you, you think that she's processed it all and you know she she's sort of kind of got it out of her system by giving evidence against her mother but relationships between mothers and daughters are very complex and when her mother got out of jail the only person there for her was hazel hazel was the only person who visited her mother so in they, jail they still had a relationship absolutely and when her mother died it was hazel who bathed her body and dressed her. She lived till she was 99. Talk about karma. Yeah. (laughs) Dulcie lived till she was 99 and Hazel lay out, washed her body and dressed her. Was there any remorse? Did she talk about how her mother... No. Never. Never any remorse. In fact, she sort of blamed other people. There's one very telling... um, uh, conversation she had with Hazel when she she's saying, you know, the newspaper said that I got Tommy's money. I never got his money. She'd ended up not getting the money because he had such a drink bill at the local hotel that there wasn't. So she was angry that they'd said she got the money, but not angry that they said she'd killed him. Yeah. So she never showed any remorse whatsoever. And do you know, I think that for children to suspect or even, you know, um, tell about their parents is a monumental step you know because 
they're your, mo- you know, she's her mother after all. And I think a lot of people are protected um, in terms of crime from their children because they can't bring themselves to do it. When I first spoke to Dulcie, and I've still got the notes that I made, and one of the first things, I, sorry, Hazel, one of the first things I wrote down was she calls her Dulcie. She doesn't she call doesn't her, call her mum. mum. She's, she doesn't call her mum. Right. She, yeah. she calls her Dulcie. That's her way of like blocking it off a bit. Yeah. And she she says that look, she she thought of her at the end as like a neighbour, not like a member of the family. But I don't know what you would do. I mean, my mum wouldn't hurt a fly. What would you know? What but would you, you do? But if you do, if you saw your your mum or your sister even or your brother do something that you thought was illegal, I mean, you know that that's a very big step to actually do something about it. Absolutely. But Hazel had to do something because then then her husband became that's a target. Right. Yeah. So she had to do something mm. to protect her husband as well. Mm. Of and, course. And yeah. also Alan, the brother, went into hospital once very seriously ill and had to go into an iron lung. Do you remember the iron lungs? Yes. And they just wondered if Dulcie had tried to do something to him yeah. to shut him up as well. Extraordinary story. Gosh, how interesting. It's called My Mother, a Serial Killer, and it's by Hazel Barron and Janet Fife Yeomans. So thank you, Janet. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, good to have you. If you'd like more information about Better Reading, follow us on Facebook or visit betterreading.com.au. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Belinda Audio. Belinda Audio books are available on CD and MP3 from online booksellers and bookshops everywhere, or you can download from Audible, Google Play or the iBook Store. We've also created our own app called BorrowBox that's available from both the App Store and Google Play. All you need to do to get it working is to download the app, join your local public library, and you'll gain access to the world's best collection of e-books and e-audiobooks available for you to loan on your phone or your personal device. Belinda, we're here to enable you to escape, imagine, grow, and be inspired through the power of storytelling. Belinda Audiobooks. Anywhere. Everywhere. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com covered. Traffic jams, tailgating, pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. 
Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a review and check out the other podcasts on the Better Reading Network.